And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Rate, presented by Tops and Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Hey guys, producer Cam here on a whirlwind of a Friday, really a typhoon the way a storm of trades have slowly begun to transpire here over the last 24 or so hours. I'm recording this at approximately 3 p.m. Eastern, and no more than, what, about an hour, hour and a half ago, the Blue Jays acquired pitcher Jose Barrios, the capstone for the Jays in this trade deadline period. So far, there could be a few more transactions, but a huge addition to the Jays in exchange for a couple of prospects. I'll bring you guys in just a moment, Tim McMaster and Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, obviously, a mainstay on the show, the scribe for the Blue Jays who read The Athletic, and then obviously Tim McMaster, who works on several several of our podcasts here in The Athletic Podcast Network. If you have listened to this episode already, because it was published late last night, Drew Fairservice and Andrew Zuper got together. They broke down the medley of trades that had taken place in the AL East, including the Yankees acquiring Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. The Joey Gallo trade really brought a near self-implosion for Drew and for Andrew. It was almost a meltdown. Uh, We had to pause one or two times for the guys to regather themselves, comport themselves, and carry on with the show. That's how intense it got. So I implore you to stick around after Tim and Caitlin's analysis of the Jose Barrios trade, which you'll hear in just a few seconds. You go and listen to the rest of the podcast, if you haven't already, with Drew and Andrew. A lot of fun talking about the implications in the AL East with those filthy, pesky Rays getting better and the Yankees doing Yankee things and having a very, very limitless pocketbook. So again... Make sure you guys stick around for that. Here's Tim and Caitlin. And if you guys aren't ready, subscribe to The Athletic. Make sure you do it. A nifty little deal going on right now. You can save 33% of an annual subscription to The Athletic if you visit theathletic.com forward slash spin rate. Or if you're really interested in reading Caitlin's pieces about the trade deadline, the lead up to the trade deadline with the future holds for the Jays, which you should be. You should be jumping out of your seat ready to read those then head on over, click one of her articles, either on her Twitter page or if you go to The Athletic and click on one of Caitlin's stories, you get a 50% off deal on an annual subscription to The Athletic for clicking on one of those written pieces. So that's a little hack. Of course, we want you guys to join The Athletic if you haven't already. And with that, I'll shut my mouth. Here's Tim. Here's Caitlin breaking down the Blue Jays deal acquiring Jose Barrios. Caitlin Brios, the number two option on the market after Max Scherzer. Scherzer ends up going to the Dodgers late Thursday night after all sorts of 
swirling information around that one. But then Barrios to Toronto. Um, this is a big statement for the Blue Jays. It is. And honestly, you talk about Max Scherzer being the sort of prized um, arm on the market. But I actually think Barrios almost works better for the Blue Jays in some ways just because he's a controllable arm. And so they get him for this um, run here. They're hopefully that he can help them, um, you know, make a surge for the playoffs. But he's also not a free agent until after next season. So he's going to help the rotation next season. And that's really important for the Blue Jays because they actually have, um, you know, two guys that could leave in free agency. Robbie Ray, who was having a career year and honestly could be pricing himself out of this market or he could cost a lot. And also Steven Matz is set to be a free free agent as well. And so the Blue Jays are looking ahead here and sort of building out their rotation a little bit for next year, but also hoping that he offers that boost um, for the rotation this year. And I, I think that he could easily slot in behind Ryu and Ray, be that really consistent middle rotation arm for them. And sort of a side benefit is that he may he bumps somebody out of their rotation right now and they potentially will go to the bullpen. And so whether that's Steven Matz or whether that's Ross Stripling, um, it gives the bullpen another sort of long man option, which is also going to help that group as well. I mentioned that he didn't come cheap when the Blue Jays drafted Austin Martin number five overall a year ago. It was really a prize pick at that point, a guy that could have gone even higher in the draft. He's number two in the system, according to Keith Law before the deal. He's in this trade along with the number eight prospect, according to Keith, and that is Simeon Woods Richardson. The Blue Jays must have really wanted Barrios, right? Because those are two guys that they that I think they considered part of the future, I assume, in Toronto. Yeah, and you know, the Blue Jays, we always talk about them having such a great farm system that's really a stacked farm system. And this is them going out there and really using that to their advantage. And so, yeah, you mentioned Martin. He was a guy that the Blue Jays were really lucky to get last year when he dropped to number five in the draft and they happened to be picking at that spot. Um, he is a really athletic player. He looked like he could be a part of the future for this club, but also the Blue Jays are sort of in win now, and you have to sort of balance that idea of what do you do with this offense with Vladdy playing the best he's ever played with Bo um, and Cavan and Lourdes Gurriel and all those guys hitting really well. Um, they needed a boost at the pitching, um, and so that's what they went and did. And, you know, one thing about the Blue Jays' farm system is that, yeah, they lost those two guys, and, you know, prospects sometimes they work out sometimes they don't it will be years before we find out you know if the twins really got a good deal here or not um but you look at the farm system with the blue jays still have nate pearson still have alec manoa who is in the rotation right now uh you still have gabriel moreno you still have um, martinez you still have alejandro kirk there's still uh jordan groshans there is a lot of still really good players in the blue jays farm system and so that just shows you that um even when they lose two of their you know top prospects their farm system still looks like you know the envy of a lot of teams around the league Yep. And when it's win mode now, you got to make those moves. All right. One more thing. And that is there's a couple hours left as we record this until the deadline. There were rumors about some interest in Trevor Story, other players. Do you think this is it or do you think they could pull the trigger on another move? It's hard to say. I mean, sometimes the Blue Jays sort of can surprise us with how aggressive they tend to be. We saw that earlier in the offseason when they really went out and got George Springer and Marcus Simeon and and made all those big moves. Um, And so, you know, I think they really want to invest in this team. And I I do think a bat would help. Obviously, we heard that they were really interested in Joey Gallo. That would have been a really nice pickup for the team. He went to the Yankees. And then when you see him go to the Yankees and you see the Red Sox uh, dealing and the Rays are out there too, obviously it's a tough division and the Blue Jays want to keep pace here. And so, 
Um, you know, they got the big get of Rios. That is, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be a pretty good trade deadline for the Blue Jays. They also added Brad Hand yesterday, who's going to help their bullpen, which is especially an area where they needed it. Um, a bat, I think, would just put it over the top right now. And so, you know, we'll see. There's a, uh, you know, a little bit longer to go here until the uh, deadline hits. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays are still pretty active down to the wire here. My name is Drew Fairservice. We are so excited to talk to you about the busiest time of year as far as transactions go. And that is the trade deadline, which is at the time of recording about 24 hours away. But goodness knows there's already plenty happened. One thing I need to happen before we go any further is I need to ask you, if you're listening to this, if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash spin rate. They'll give you a tidy little discount. You sign up for a whole year. You can read all of the instant and then thoughtful and 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 informed analysis of trades, of prospects, of big names going in every which direction. If you want to read what Caitlin has to say about what the Blue Jays may or may not do or have done, got to get it there. But during these episodes, during the week, Caitlin is off doing her full-time job, which is writing for you, the athletic subscriber. But during the week, we create an extra podcast that's for everyone, whether you subscribe to The Athletic or not. You can, of course, go to get it at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere like that. You can have yourself a good time. We would love it. And we love that you are listening, that people are subscribing and liking and giving us ratings. It's the best. But without Caitlin, I have to turn to the only person who... So this is a uh, where I'm being joined, of course, by Mr. Andrew Zuber. Andrew, how are you? I feel great. It, a whirlwind time to be here. The Maybe the most dangerous podcasting like time and date I've ever been involved in scintillating. We are living on the edge. We're also betting on the Blue Jays risk aversion by being like nothing interesting is yet to, is going to happen. Uh, Andrew, of course, is one of the hosts of Sportsfelt and also of our Wrestling Brain, which you can watch on Twitch twice a week. Andrew? Yes, yes. Twice a week. And there are three of you now and there's about to be a fourth. Is that what I'm to, to understand? Yeah, we're announced. We, we held a contest, basically, auditions for a fourth co-host. And I think we have our guy. It's somebody basically... Right down to the the MLB trade deadline. If we don't get blown away by an offer in the next twenty four hours, we have our new co host in tow for the new Friday show that will be coming up. So yeah, exciting times. New Friday show for Wrestling Brain. Still doing Blue Monday. Yes, I do every Monday morning. The Blue Sportsfeld Monday Patreon. for Sportsfeld patrons. If you don't listen to Sportsfeld with with the Zoobs and Jake. I cannot recommend it highly enough. But the Zoobs, of course, is a regular guest on this show and also the previous iterations of this show as well, where he was known as the cool-down guest uh, by his own admission, <laughs> where we would have a guest of a specifically high profile, like perhaps general manager Ross Atkins. And then in comes the Zoobs to uh, level set for everyone who may have <laughs> subscribed after the previous week. But that's only because we have such a delightful rapport, you and I, and uh, I can't get enough. But... I brought you on to be the cooldown guest because the Blue Jays did not get Joey Gallo, and I am looking for less cooldown, more meltdown. Um, which is that I'm going to do the melting down, and you will do the "it's fine, really, it's fine" um, job of the of a host. But the big, I guess, the big not, not the big news. The big news is the Blue Jays acquired Brad Hand. But guess what? That's not the big news. The big news is that the Blue Jays did not acquire Joey Gallo. The fucking Yankees acquired Joey Gallo. Which let me tell you, it sucks a lot. Mr. Zuber, when you a, a, what do you think about the Blue Jays missing out on Joey Gallo? And B, what do you think about them missing out on Joey Gallo to their division rivals, the Yankees? 
It's it was melt. It's melt. It was a meltdown. I had a meltdown. I treated myself <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday, I was like, I'm, I'm going to give myself the rest of the day to have a meltdown and to uh, tell myself all the saddest things I can about how I feel about the team. To to fully embrace that I was like, okay, they're going to finish fourth and they're not going to get anybody. And then Scherzer got traded, and then the, the Yankees also got Rizzo, and then which listen, they have a better first baseman than Anthony Rizzo, so it's not a big deal. But it just it. The Yankees loading up after this, spending this whole year being like, "Oh man, the Yankees are really, really fucking the dog on this." Like this is this is this is the shot that they needed. They needed that window with Boston being so good and Tampa being Tampa. They needed the Yankees to really not put it together, and then they go out and make two big moves. And with a, the real problem I've had now is I've forgotten. I've sort of lost course as to who I'm supposed to be coveting because mm. uh, Barrios. Now I have been bittered to the point where I, there was a Barrios tweet and it was like Barrios is gaining interest from the uh, Red Sox and Tampa and the Blue Jays. And also the Yankees are involved. And I was naturally like, Oh, well they'll surely outbid all of those teams. Uh, <laughs> listen, it's uh, it's meltdown central. I'm, I, I hope I don't say anything that doesn't accurately reflect my normally even keeled, even balanced nature when it comes to transactions. But as you mentioned, we are an unprecedented transactions hurricane here between NHL free agency, the MLB trade deadline and the NBA draft back to back to back days. Every half an hour, a fan of some league is posting a rumor or a transaction and being like, what is going on? So I, my head's been spinning for three days. So apologies if I completely spiral out of control here in the back half of this thing. It is the perfect storm for the, this league toxic positivity that uh, that happens online where it's like, how do you not love basketball? Look, they, two teams made a trade. Look, Russell Westbrook plays with the Lakers. How do you not love basketball? But the Blue Jays losing out on, on Joey Gallo is a bitter disappointment because he, frankly, fit the team perfectly. That's why the coveting, as you described, um, got to the point of awkwardness. I, uh, I should apologize to everyone who listens to the show as I have not been conducting myself in a professional manner. Uh, coveting Joey Gallo <laughs> as as I have been for the better part since since April really I went back and I found some some tweets and there were rumors about Joey Gallo and the Rays I think last year and I was and I put a put my foot down at that time as I can and do and said this cannot happen and then I started to think about it and I was like well you know what I think that Joey Gallo should come play for the Blue Jays and uh, and then he now he doesn't he plays for the Yankees the Yankees cornering the market on like expat. Italian guys too. Lots of the 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 blessed the the hand talking. I don't even know how to describe it without be, being racist. Like the the Italian hand motion emoji, <laughs> getting an absolute workout on uh, on Athletic Reporter Lindsay Adler's Twitter feed as they acquire Gallo, whose father was uh, grew up in Brooklyn, and now Anthony Rizzo. Just like Italians, as far as the eye can see. Uh, meanwhile, Toronto-born Italian ball player Joey Votto is absolutely tearing it up, but. The Reds are like in a buying position. So the Blue Jays fans can't even go back to the comfort of of coveting Joey Votto because a dream that was never ever to come to life just seems even more improbable now. It's just a sickening, a sickening time to be a Toronto Blue Jays fan. Do you I mean you and I are not here to talk about prospects, no. but I do you know, you read about the prospects that the that the that the Rangers got, and you get a sort of almost it's almost patronizing the way that the return that the Yankees got from the Rangers in that it was like, Hey, these guys aren't as they're not bad. And there's a lot of helium with some of the players. Uh, what's his name? Rubio uh, Duran. Is that his name? Uh, right. Or Ezekiel? I don't remember. Excuse me. Uh, but 
it was like, okay, well, A, he's he's really uh, improved this year, a good bat, second baseman, blah, 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 blah. But it's also like, well, there, it's more about the quantity than the quality. So I, I, it really feels like, and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this shakes out, and this, this apparently developing Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, not, Max Scherzer not in fact going to the Padres, but on his way to the Dodgers with a few of the Dodgers uh, top prospects headed back to Washington. But short of that, it seems like a lot of, like bulk prospects is the way that the teams are going to go no one's going to trade their top guys the top guys are pretty much non-negotiable so instead you get the the rangers doing what they did and taking four guys or five guys and being like well five guys of this kind of caliber maybe they're going to pop i mean for the for the transaction enjoyer such as yourself that's a really that's got to be a bit of a letdown having these random like well these guys are between 15 and 30 on the top 30 prospect list and you know what that's just no fun you know transaction wise absolutely not but i you know what the jays will to sort of shoehorn it back around to what the jay the move that jays did make so far today Mm -hmm. i always find that illuminating right because you you we're not i'm not paying attention to the yankees farm system right so when you tell me the yankees gave up whatever number it was that we'll say 17th best prospect, right? That, or whatever it was mm-hmm. for some of the guys they gave up, you think, Oh man, we can, we can beat that package. Right. And then the Jays trade their 17th best prospect, Riley Adams, who listen, we saw Riley Adams play. Like that's the context of what, like he was not close at any point looking like a major leaguer when we saw him. So like, that's, the idea of what a 17th best prospect in your organization truly is when you really think about it. It's like if every single one of these guys panned out, he would be on the second team <laughs> that existed. It's like <laughs> extremely frustrating. Uh, and, and you, you know, you, you ha- that's a natural tendency, I think, of every fan of every team that when a trade happens, you're like, well, why didn't our team put together that exact package with mm-hmm. our guys? But uh yeah, listen, I've I've been endlessly frustrated, and I uh, I'm, I was down bad enough that I was like, yeah, talk me into uh, Kyle Schwarber, like talk me into <laughs> I, <laughs> with the Travis Snyder I was promised. Finally, <laughs> finally, the, the, listen, the, the, Corey the, Dickerson's coming. The Travis Snyder with war, less defensive utility. Uh, <laughs> you know the prospect thing. So when when we had Jeff Paternostro on back a few weeks, and we and I as I want to do, kind of said, build me a Joey Gallo package or what would some guys maybe at double A or some guys in the Blue Jays, you know, midseason top 10 or whatever, what what would kind of look like Joey Gallo? And the, and the point that he made, which is a good one that I, that I try to consider, which is that we don't know how the Rangers viewed any of these prospects. And now he made a point about Rangers have Rangers guys. So there's like a certain kind of player type that you'd be like, yeah, that seems like the type of player that, that they're targeting. And, and while, you know, the seven, you know, the 17th best blue Jays prospect versus the 17th best. I, I don't know. Even if you go look at the Rangers, we've talked about the Rangers are in just such dire straits. They don't have a ton of top end talent on the field now. And their, their farm is deep, but not a lot of star power. So like that 17th versus that 17th prospect. But then when you start thinking, about a guy like though this is Ezekiel Duran who I, I did get his name right who knew um you read uh you read some of the things and in a lot of ways it sounds a little bit like a like Kevin Smith from a couple of years ago remember when Kevin Smith sort of came and had a really good season in like Lansing or something like that and there was a lot of talk about him he was playing shortstop and now that was really exciting and he was just like a level behind Bo Bichette now of course Kevin Smith's ascent you know what do we what do we say that development is non-linear 
You know, he yes. had a couple setbacks, repeating AAA, whatever. But now he's having himself another good year. Maybe not a maybe not a top prospect. Maybe not a future value fifty guy. I, I think that those kind of numbers are sort of uh, instructive when you're thinking about what these deals are made are, are made of. But the I guess the challenges or the frustration is when you're talking about the Blue Jays and you're talking about a team that has a a lot of high end talent in their minor league system. B they have a lot of depth too which was something that's been praised when you read about it or you hear about it, or especially when you are in it like we are. You think, whoa, there's so many of these guys, these org guys or these kind of future value 40 guys. Maybe this guy's a major league regular. Maybe he's not going to play every day, but he can definitely he'll get a look because of this, because of that. If ever there was a team that feels positioned to best an offer of quantity as much as quality like the Yankees, it, it does feel like the Blue Jays. But you know, maybe they just... You just you just wonder what is it? What was the break? What was the deal breaker? Was it what were the Rangers asking for too much? Were there too many prospects involved? Whatever it is, but you just uh, you get frustrated because it feels like the Blue Jays could have matched that in terms of even if you just go like for like and just start picking guys and matching them up against the two paragraphs that we read about each of these prospects the day that they're traded. It, I think you hit on it sort of right there that like you have to take into account. Uh, what Texas likes, right? And and what exactly their evaluation of these guys is. But yeah, listen, it's hard to not spiral. It's it's uh, I I'll I'll try I'll treat myself to one or two when I when I get the chance. Uh it, it the part that makes it really annoying, right, is is you then you get into like, oh Texas is also paying the whole salary. Mm-hmm. Just like teams are just it just seems like they just bend over backwards to help the Yankees. And you're just like you don't understand <laughs> what it's like to play in this division. Give us a give us a a sniff of what it's like to play somewhere else where where teams are, are like just giving up one and a half game out of the wild card. Like, please give that to me. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it's frustrating because you know it's it, the market hasn't exactly been easy to read. And and we heard Ross Atkins even say recently that that you know he, he wasn't incredibly optimistic about the starting pitching front, which I think. As as great of a fit as Gallo is, and as good as these, uh, you know, chances to add and depth in that lineup, as important as that is, you, know, you would also like to add pitching. It doesn't seem like that's really a feasible market unless you're going for a huge swing, like Scherzer. Uh, so yeah, it's it's frustrating because we're obviously also on the other hand it goes without saying, right? You're seeing an incredible Vladimir Guerrero Jr. season. You're seeing Bichette look. Uh, quite good at the plate. You're seeing Semyon, who you don't know how long you're going to have around. You're seeing Ray, who's on, on a one-year deal. Uh, you have all these guys uh, that you don't know how you're going to replace next year quite yet, as well as you know your Reuse and your Springers, who you put all that money in. They are uh, in their prime part of their development curve. So you really do feel, despite what the record may say and despite what the rest of the league feels, like just like you said, that prospect capital is built up that they should be primed, totally primed, to take advantage right now. And it just doesn't seem like the market is either going to swing their way or, or if they're just not going to be able to, you know, these offers come in and it comes down to like, well, you have to top this. And then they decide to actually do it and, and pull that heavy trigger. I don't know if that is the stage they believe they are at, but a ton of information when you're a fan, you look at it and it's, it's really hard to not look at the run differential and look at the great years that some of the players that you don't know how long they're going to be around for are having and feel like really itchy on that trigger finger. And, and, and to say Kevin Smith's a great example, like had a ton of helium, lost a ton of momentum, and now like didn't get taken in the rule five draft. Mm-hmm. And 
It's like, so is he is he too good to trade or is he not good enough to make the lineup over Bravic Valera? Like, which, what, what are we talking about here, right? I think that is where I get frustrated and it's like, if he's this hugely important piece, well, then he could play third base because like, it's not, we don't have Alex Rodriguez over there. Like, it, 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 <laughs> so let's figure out which one of those extremes it is, right? We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I was all ready to like move on and like make another point, but then I just you, when you mentioned Bravik Valera and then you mentioned Kevin Smith and I and I started thinking about the fact that the Yankees were like had their backs to the wall in terms of the forty man roster and they just completely freed themselves of that by heaving all these guys at the Rangers and it worked and the Blue Jays are in a similar similar situation they had to make this move with Riley Adams their their forty man situation is just as dicey as everybody else's they got some I think Gabby Moreno is going to have to go on soon enough they have a bunch of guys who might be rule five eligible so they may make this move for, with for Riley Adams which again which, which is a good a good move to make surplus to requirements address a very immediate need but I think that so at this time of year, you know, when we're experiencing this, these, these rolling meltdowns as we're kind of uh, coming one after another, <laughs> it's easy to point the finger at the Blue Jays front office and, and be like, they're, they're cowardly, which I, of course, obviously say all the time on, on Twitter and stuff. But you look at the moves that they have made, right? When they sign Ryu for four years, they sign George Springer for what, six years? They sign, even they give $18 million to Marcus Simeon. They're really happy to spend Rogers' money, but they seem just that much more reluctant to spend any of that prospect capital unless they're really pushed. Because you see some of these moves, this move that the that the Yankees make, a with Gallo and then b with Rizzo, right? So that's not a that's not a big a big move, and the Blue Jays aren't going to be in on Rizzo, but like the Yankees seemingly just are able to, or willing to just make these churn moves. Like what's the, what's the, what the, what's the real value of Anthony Rizzo between now and the end of the season? He gives them another left-handed bat. He's a very good defensive first baseman. He seems like a, an agreeable guy, but he's, he's, is he going to be Anthony Rizzo of old? Is he going to have like a 150 way to runs created plus? Probably not. But the Yankees seem in this case today with our, our again, through our meltdown colored glasses, willing to, to make a little bit of moves to just shake things up. And maybe, maybe that's not the best thing. The Blue Jays are going to, our front office are being a little bit more careful, but I, I don't know. What do you think in about the way that they spend money versus the way that they use their prospect capital? And again, these prospects are people. We shouldn't describe them as capital and like they're all these, you know, controllable years in a, in a, in a skin bag, but like that's, that's the kind of nature of the, of this, of the beast at these days. So 
what do you think about this difference between spending money and spending this prospect capital that doesn't necessarily get you anything no matter how tightly you hug it? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you make a great point in sort of the difference in spending. And I will say to to further your point about the moves they have made, like they have shown a, a, a great strength at, at finding those margins, at getting uh, veteran relievers for basically nothing in the trade market, for turning some of the, uh, you know, the organized, organizational guys into guys who fill the easier to fill needs, you know, middle relief and uh, extra innings here and there. So they are, you know, the, the Teoscar Hernandez fine was great business. They do, mm-hmm. are they are able to find these sort of diamonds in the rough and these things on the edges, but we're looking for the big splash. And maybe that's part of just sort of the nature of being a fan is like we, Gallo is a, is a sizable splash. And, and, we, and we got, you know, we love to bring up 2015 when talking about this team and, and what a huge difference the big splash made there. And I, I understand a, a cautious approach for it, but again, for me, it just like, it, it really seemed to be undeniable. The team was sort of making it undeniable that that they had all of the things they needed to really have a, a great run in them. They were just missing a, a major thing here, and that that should have been able to be to be addressed. And uh, listen, I'm I'm again, people online will sometimes be like, you know, you you criticize them when they didn't do anything, and then they sign Springer, you, you change your tune. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they hadn't done something, and then they did, and it made me happy. Like I I would love it if we put this out, and then you know the next morning egg is on my face and I look like an idiot because they traded the, they traded Kevin Smith for Barrios. That would be great. I would, I would love that. Uh, I love being wrong. Um, but yeah, it, I think you, I think you raise a great point and I think it is something that, um, you know, it, we're, we're hoping and, and willing to be proved wrong about, I would, I would love to see it because I think, again, they have shown the aptitude to win trades, to win small moves, to to use that leverage they have when, when they have it. I would just love to see, really, really love to see right now, using a bit of that leverage to to make a serious push. Because even last year, right, they, they approached the deadline excellently last year. They went out and got Taiwan Walker and Robbie Ray. If they went out and got a Taiwan Walker this year, we would be ecstatic. No, you're right. That that is a great point. I agree, and and this is something that Caitlin and I talked a little bit about on the weekend. Was it with Caitlin? It might have been with Rob Wong last week. I, you know, we we talk about so many transactions; they all sort of mold into one. But even the idea of of doing something similar to what they did with Ray and even Taiwan Walker, which Taiwan Walker, you know, maybe it was just talk, but seemed quite interested in re-signing with the Blue Jays. And I think that when you have this player development sort of system and you have such belief in the people within your organization that maybe bringing somebody in just give them a bit of a, of a of a sneak peek like hey i know you're headed to free agency at the end of the year we're doing our best to make the playoffs we're not going to blow our brains out but come in get a feel for the place find you know get to know some of the players who we have we intend to have here for a long time get to know the staff maybe this is the kind of thing that will be a fit we, we just want to maybe jump the gun a little bit I don't know. Does that seem like a crazy idea? I mean, it probably is crazy. I think I'm giving everyone a bit too much credit, but I think if it worked with Robbie Ray and now he's had success and he's comfortable and, and the Blue Jays saw something in him early on that they, that they thought they could unlock, um, maybe it's, maybe it's, it's those sorts of relationshipy things, those kind of soft skills that can lead to success down the road. I don't know. My, this is, I'm going nowhere with this, aren't I? <laughs> it would, we're spiraling. Listen, it, it happens. It well, happens. we've been knocked into this. We've been knocking this. Has come late. And we are doing the thing, which is that we are allowing the Yankees and their noise, the noisy, noisy Yankees, to drown out 
the rays doing razy things. Where the rays have, of course, d- traded their closer, Diego Castillo, who is a, a terrifying individual, if we're all being honest. Standing up there, he throws left-handed, 97, 98. Most of the time has no idea where the ball's going, but it's effective. He's mowed down the Blue Jays on more than one occasion. But the Rays, in a playoff position, a very good team, they were in the they, you know, defending AL pennant holders, have now traded their closer at the trade deadline. They got uh JT Chargois from Seattle and Austin Shenton, a third base prospect from Seattle, who I guess Seattle jumped this guy by trading their closer to acquire Abraham Toro. I mean, you know, are the Rays the model? Everyone always, we always want to talk about the Rays doing this and the Rays doing that. And let's try to be like the Rays. But is this, is this where the Blue Jays are going to get? Or are, is, are, is there some sort of 3D chess move? Maybe, maybe the, you know, the, like with a Marcus Simeon trade? Can you imagine the Blue Jays trying to do something like this? Boy, I mean, listen. It, it, everybody does secretly want to be the Rays, right? So, selling while buying. I'll take the I'll take the buy Nelson Cruz part of it, but um, yeah, listen. It, it, that it, that would be an awful lot of explaining to be done if they managed to finagle a moving Marcus Simeon and then picking up future assets in the next twenty four hours. That would be really something. But that would be a sign of that being the model going forward. I, I just think, you know, you make a great point as well about, about the Yankees noise and to a lesser extent, the Dodgers noise. It is sort of a reminder that as much as things feel fresh and different, like you, the Yankees and Dodgers are going to get the stars in the deals. The ones that mm-hmm. don't go to the Padres somehow. Uh, it's depressing. It's depressing. You hate to be back in this situation because, <laughs> because of the signings, you, you sort of feel like making the, making the move up, but um, it, 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 it just especially sucks. The, the reason the Yankee noise is so loud, right, is is the proximity and the standings and mm-hmm. and the the opportunity that it felt like was there in the last couple months when the Yankees were really scuffling uh, to put some distance between them and, and not in the way that they ended up doing it, which is to end up behind them. Now let's we've we've moaned and belly ached long enough. Yes. The Blue Jays we've we've been going off for more than twenty minutes. And we've barely mentioned the fact that the Blue Jays did in fact make a trade. <laughs> they traded as we we did discuss, sort of Riley Adam. Uh, Adam Adams, uh, how many Adamses are there? There's a few, but they acquired Brad Hand, Riley Adams, plural, many Adams. What do you think about Brad Hand, who is coming to the Blue Jays on in what is his last, his first bad season since he became good? I don't know. Is there anything to that? Yeah, I mean, people that are smarter than me that know things were pretty were pretty lukewarm in that they were like been pretty been pretty shaky recently. Um, but listen, I think John Bierenbaum, your former battery mate did sort of make a good point is it, it does scream a little bit of like, we're not totally sure about Barucky, uh, to me, but, but this is what we were calling for, right? You, you go through the beginning part of the season saying, just try anybody who has even a little bit of success as, as, as someone instead of these other guys as reliever and, and they go out and they, and they do do that. So I think there's credit to be given in that they are trying to find established, uh, stability back there because it obviously has been a rocky ride, and even in games now that they're not, you know, blowing leads, the the fear of it is always right around the corner. Whether it be uh, Barucky not quite looking right, or um, you know, only seeing Jordan Romano like fortnightly, like <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> like two innings pitched since the All Star break. Um, you know, you're, you're looking for guys you can trust to come out of there and, and move on from the using your Joel Pamps of the world. I'm willing to give it a shot only because, 
you just get sick of seeing the same guys over and over again that are absolutely ruining my night over and over. So, yeah, listen, I, I think he's like you said, he, it's his first sort of bad spell after being good for for quite some time. You always get to at today's day and age, you get to say like, I worry about the sticky stuff. The whiff percentage is very low. The chase rate is very low. Uh, a lot of hard hit stuff recently. So it hasn't been, uh, as you said, a, a banner year for him. But I think, you know, you, they're trying to find something that sticks and, and find some veteran guys that'll work there and, and give them some stability. So I, I applaud the effort. I, I would just want to I just hope that we're we end up sort of getting similar time and energy put into starting pitching and, and, and maybe a third baseman or an extra bat. Like there's the bullpen has been uh, something they've been tinkering with for over a month and a half. Now um, a lot of different things they've tried out and I applaud them for continuing to try it. I just think, I think the appetite right now for fans is a little more uh, aiming a little bigger than this, than, than a, a hopeful uh, good bullpen hand, no pun intended. Look, the Blue Jays, I think, are, are doing a doing two things. They have long demonstrated an ability to find uh, and, and and identify good um, relievers. You know, guy, from, guys from 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 nowhere. Uh, you know, so to speak, uh, scrap heap finds. So Brad Hand could be an in season one of those. But this is also the exact kind of like incremental improvement that you can make at a relatively low cost you know not that riley adams is nothing maybe i mean he, he was tearing up triple a and when he got called up now triple a is not the big leagues and I, I read somebody was saying something about in 2021 it's doubly so the doubly so the difference between triple a and the big leagues now is, is is more than it's ever been but it is a nice move potentially it's a move that only costs him a little bit of money other than you know the 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 potential to have riley adams in, in your mix for however many years to come a position where the blue jays do have a bit of depth and they still have depth to make a move from so maybe this move feels two weeks too late again if you're just trying to do like a real quickie one like this maybe two weeks ago this would have been uh, a little bit easier to swallow and would have been a little bit more welcome. Of course, two weeks ago was probably before Brad Hand had like a rough two weeks enough to, such to uh, <laughs> to kind of drive his value down. I think, you know, you and, and via Jonah made a good point and something that we did talk about recently, and that's Ryan Barucki's like utter vulnerability against right-handed batters right now. Like he just cannot get a righty out to save his life. Um, he was victimized uh, repeatedly by Pete Alonso there when they were in Flushing playing the Mets. So, I mean, it's not it's not the worst move, but it, it does help this team that they that they have right now, a team that is still very good, a team that's as with the at our time of recording, absolutely beating up on the Red Sox. So there's all these same sort of things that we're gonna cling to, the run differential, uh the 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 strength of schedule coming back down, you know, coming home. They don't have that many games against the Red Sox left. Uh there I know there's some weather in this in the area today, so this one could end up being one of the games against the Red Sox. But I just you know, maybe we're out, maybe we're just desperate for, for something such that we're not in a position to wait for, uh, uh, regression, positive regression. Wait for that run differential to catch up. Maybe that's, maybe the Yankees were making these moves because they knew they need to get better. The Blue Jays just need to maybe tighten things up. Maybe this is the move that they need because they have a bad record in one run games. The bullpen has let them down. The late and close offense has let them down. And I'll ask you, maybe, you know, you talked about some of the holes you'd like to see plugged. 
Is it maybe better for the Blue Jays to wait until the offseason when there might be more teams looking to unload salary? Maybe someone who has kind of run themselves up against the luxury tax here, you know, in an attempt to win the World Series might need to unload. Uh, do you think there's any value in hanging on to some of your, your, your more valuable slash movable pieces now in the hopes of being able, being able to pull off a, maybe an offseason blockbuster? Boy, I mean, they've done a good job in the offseason. I feel like the, I feel like the offseasons have been sort of their their best time in terms of um, making those sweeping changes. Yeah, you're listen. You're probably right, right? That the answer is probably yes, and 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 they're absolutely right that like, you know, all, all they really needed was some of the late close stuff to flip another way, and they're suddenly they're a whole handful of games better than where they are, and they're above Seattle, and they're above you know the Angels, and they're above New York, and we're and we're laughing, and they're 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 duking it out with the A's and, and we're like, geez, all they need to do is add the bullpen pieces. But yeah, so so probably right. You're, you're probably right in that a, a calm hand on the wheel is probably a good thing. And and you want um, the fact that we are salivating for a big splash in the first place is a sign that the protest is working, right? It, it's a sign that it's almost working better than they intended it to, that, that, that they're ahead of schedule and sticking to the plan and continuing to build at the pace that they expected to be built is the wiser way. But but the emotional part of you that is sitting here in 2021, watching this team every day and watching when they are playing well, they pile on runs effortlessly. And when they're in close games, you don't trust it for more than two outs at a time. It, it It's extremely frustrating. And, and, it, and that's sort of what makes you want to see those big moves because you see the flashes of like, it's right there for the taking again, especially before these Yankees moves, how weak uh, they did look. So, so yeah, I'm sure, you know, th- thinking rationally, taking a step back, th- fighting off the meltdown. Is it uh, prudent to, to wait and, and see how everything lays out? Absolutely. But it just certainly did feel like there is a big opportunity staring them in the face right away to, to arrive at the development that they've been seeking this whole time and, and really put the foot through the floor here. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And that brings me right back to Joey Gallo, because 
because the reason I got so hot and horny for Joey Gallo isn't just because he's cool in in terms of a as a as a concept as this insane three two outcome guy who's also like a stud outfielder. Um, but he is the guy that a makes 2022 better and 2021. And there was so much talk. I guess it was yesterday. It was, it was yesterday was the anniversary of the Troy Tulowitzki trade. And it's so funny to watch because of the way that people confront those things. So in the cause it was baseball reference shared it out. And so there's a lot of folks who are not fans of the blue Jays or the Rockies. The Rockies fans were lamenting that trade the day it was, they sort of lost their innocence. A lot of them, because it was suddenly the fran- the face of the franchise was gone, stabbed in the back in the, in, in Chicago. He's sitting in the clubhouse looking like he got his dog died in front of him. But they were like, well, nobody won this trade. Well, why did anyone have to win the trade? The Rockies got what they needed, which was pieces they, they hoped they could build on. The Blue Jays got what they needed, which was a guy to shore up their defense and lengthen their lineup. And, and it, the, the fact that the Blue Jays kicked it into gear, it wasn't a, a coincidence. It was all those little things that, that just lit that flame. And, and for right now, it just feels like a guy like Gallo would do that. And there are other guys perhaps that could do that. And I, you know, Jock Peterson, hell, he got traded a, you know, a few weeks ago. But he's like a like a discount gallo, but maybe he could have done it. And and there's there there is that 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 thing that just feels like it could make this the one because the Blue Jays are good. I think that's the stupidest thing about this. They maybe or they either they feel good but they're bad, or they feel bad but they're good. Like they're fooling us all. And and maybe there's that one beacon, that one flashing transaction, the one transaction to unite them all. Uh, <laughs> that that will uh, that will really turn the tide. But uh, I don't know. It, it still could happen. Uh, it looks like the Scherzer to the Dodgers is done. Scherzer and Trey Turner in exchange for uh, uh, Kybert Ruiz, who was pulled from a game in AAA today. Josiah Gray, uh, Josiah, and somebody else shared this. Josiah Gray, which again, the sickness of this of the the, the disparity that's at play. Josiah Gray was in the deal that when the when the Dodgers dumped Matt Kemp's salary and they got this piece in gray and now they've either developed him up or he, you know, he deserves a lot of credit, I guess, to becoming, becoming a key piece in a trade that's allowing the Dodgers to get Max Scherzer. Like they're just operating on another level that, that as a Blue Jays fan, you feel like the Blue Jays should be there, but they're just not, they're not there on that level competing, uh, uh, you know, with those teams. But, but maybe they should be. I don't know. Maybe is, is that what we're, maybe that's our, that's our, our, our end note here that the Blue Jays aren't doing the things that we feel like they should be doing. Yeah. Listen, I think when you talk about the sustainable winning cycles, you know, I think the teams we've talked about tonight, it sort of represent a bunch of different ways to do it. Right. The, the Dodgers have sort of managed to be sort of the Uber race where it's like they, they develop a ton of talent and they sign everybody and they, and they pay their guys. Right. So they, they sort of they're able to, um, you know, replace a Hyunjin Ryu without losing a beat, or but also have the pieces to go get Mookie Betts, but also have the pieces to go get Max Scherzer, and sort of have these recycle refillable things. Sort of, um, you know, always playing those both lanes of of developing guys that are helping at the major league level, and then trading some guys to help you land superstar talent. Whereas the Rays, you know, they're doing the development and the buy it sell at the same time, and the Yankees have remained competitive through a mixture of, of really trading and, 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 and the big signings and then just enough player development to sort of augment those two things. I think we are hoping the Jays are building that same system and we're sort of being told that that is what is being put in place, but 
I think sort of the closing point um, that you sort of made earlier is there's a crunch coming with the rule five guys and Kevin Smith of the world to sort of decide what part they're going to play in the organization. And I think that um, it's going to be an interesting year, as you mentioned, not just this deadline, but this coming off season is going to be really interesting to sort of see with, with all the guys that have helped out this year that are reaching free agency and all the, all the guys that now need to be on the 40 man roster. Um, there's going to be an interesting crunch and, 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 uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen which direction they'll take out of it. You, I'm at least comforted in the, in the commitment that they're obviously trying to get better every year. And they're obviously trying to build, you know, we're not just hearing, we're trying to build, uh, a, a team that is with financial flexibility, right? They're trying to build a winner mm-hmm. in, in, in a, in a sustainable way. So I, I remain that faith and I, and I keep that positivity, but, um, I just hope, you just hope that. You know, there's no guarantee these windows, as you as you said so eloquently, the progression isn't linear. So as much as it's easy to dream and be like, well, next year they'll be a little closer, and the year after that they'll be a little bit closer. Like, there's no guarantee this isn't the best window they have. So uh, I think that's what makes it feel so urgent. No, and, and well, th- thank you. You've said uh, eloquent and things multiple times this evening. It feels uh, so out of place, but. <laughs> The one thing I'll come back to, and and I, I'm gonna I'm on reading Twitter as well as we're talking here, which is so the Dodgers make this deal. So this is JJ Cooper from Baseball America who makes a point of what strikes me is the Dodgers system is so deep that they ha- they could trade this their catcher Ruiz who was was number 16 in the in Baseball America's top 100, but they can trade the 16th best prospect in baseball because a they have a better catcher in the big leagues right now, they have a solid backup already in the big leagues, and another younger catcher. Who's also in the top 100. So the, the Dodgers are dealing from this position of strength. And then, you know, Alex Spire of the, of Boston Globe talks about how the Dodgers and the, and the Padres have both spent years loading up their system to make these deals for big league superstars. The Blue Jays, as kind of what we talked about a little bit before, they're happy to spend their money, but it just feels maybe more like they are m- more interested in using their farm system to fill the big league team as much as they are to use them as tokens to trade for for established superstars which which i don't know you can't fault it until it doesn't work i guess or or i'm I'm, i don't know it just feels it just feels unfulfilling i guess is maybe maybe the word it's it's just not sexy and especially because you start to dream on prospects and then you read like i'll speak only for myself here you're like, oh, this is exciting. This guy's one of the top college bats in the draft, and the, the Blue Jays aren't sure where they're going to play him. And then you read it. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really have any power right now. He's kind of <laughs> shooting everything to right field. It's like, okay, well, he's a bust. Like, what the hell? This is all why we whose time are we wasting here? Trade him while the while the while the while the the, the scouting reports they've got are still good. Like that's just I don't know. I it's 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 tough, right? It's tough because on the one hand, you're you look at the Dodgers sort of hitting on Max Muncie and hitting on Chris Taylor and hitting on Justin Turner. And you sort of forget, right? Like Bo Bichette being as good as he is wasn't really expected. And and Kevin Biggio for all the warts, you know, him being a major leaguer at all was not something that originally was was sort of a thought. So like they have managed to hit on some of the developmental guys. It's it's that wave that we're waiting on, right? It's the Groshans, it's the it's the it's the Kevin Martin. It's the as you just said, I think you're talking about Austin Martin already, I am. aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who I'm you also, yeah, you you've pilled me already. I saw one negative tweet. Someone was like, I don't really like a swing. And I was like, oh, well, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that 
the point is that the, with the success that the Blue Jays have had with just two players, right? With Bo Bichette, who is a unique but in, inherently talented and productive big leaguer. Like there's no other, you don't need to talk about his tools or what kind of, what kind of grade you're going to slap on it. He's a big league, productive, all-star caliber shortstop. He's not uh, Angelton Simmons. He's not Alex Rodriguez. He's really fucking good. And it's, there's no need to look a gift horse in the mouth. And then you have a generational talent that you had while your team was, that you acquired while your team was at their peak, you know, the last sort of wave. That's an incredible foundation to build on. And you write about Kevin Biggio, you know, who maybe is getting a little bit exposed here in 2021, but contributed significantly to a bad team in 2019, but also was a, uh, was a value contributor to a goodish team last year. Like that's not nothing, but it just seems like you have such an opportunity. And then you look at maybe what the team like the Padres are doing, who have a similar opportunity. They have an incredible superstar who, who is, who's, a, a, you know, among the two or three best players in baseball. And they have taken the initiative to spend their money with their Manny Machado. They spent twice as much on Machado as the Blue Jays did on, on Springer. And they bring in these other, these other guys and they spend money on Eric fucking Hosmer of all people. But they, it feels like they're making those extra sets of moves that the Blue Jays are just not quite in the position to make. I hope, like you said, I hope that Cam, producer Cam, is sending us furious emails tomorrow morning being like, you got to come back. We got to fix this stupid podcast because you guys were lamenting the state of the Blue Jays. And yet here they are. They've acquired Jose Ramirez. I want nothing more in this whole world than for that to happen. I want for nothing more in the whole world is for no one to hear this segment that we've just recorded. But it remains to be seen that that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, I'll sort of finish with as as spirally and as fatalistic as this can get at times. Again, I, I still do believe at least in the good faith that they are working towards building a consistently good and competitive team. I, I just think, you know, we're sort of we have a we have an opportunity uh, right here to see that the team is probably ahead of schedule and, and it's exciting. And, and for all the unknowns of how long windows stay open and, and how long some of the guys will be here and will be in peak form, it, it just really does feel like the right time to strike. And, and maybe that's. Uh, on us to 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 have gotten so excited so soon. Strike now into the future. That's the thing that that's that's the, the my own individual company line that I'm going to tow. Make this year's team better, but not at the expense of next year's. But that's it, Mr. Zuber. I uh, I always enjoy our chats very much. Where can the people hear more of you talking about the Blue Jays t- and talking about wrestling and the brains that it uh, involves? <laughs> Uh, yeah, check out Sportsfelt. We just had episode 200 came out on Thursday. Uh, really, really honored that we got to do 200 episodes. Uh, it has been a spiral of a show as well uh, around the Blue Jays. Uh, so that is at Sportsfelt. You find that where you find podcasts uh, and as well, the patreon.com slash Sportsfelt for the extra Blue Jays content every Monday morning and as well, Wrestling Brain, Wrestling underscore Brain on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. Myself and Josh Custodio live every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. It has been, I say this with no sarcasm in my voice, it has been the greatest run of wrestling television in the history of the world in the last two months. So, great time to be involved. The thing with the pizza cutter and the cutting to the Domino's commercial, yeah, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't even I watch know. wrestling. It just happened across the timeline today, and I was like, that's delicious. That About, is yeah. delightful. About four times in the last two months, I have said out loud that I cannot believe 
what is being put on television in wrestling right now. And that is the culmination of it. Pizza cutters, light tubes, uh, guys getting thrown through panes of glass. They are pushing the envelope and it's been an absolute joy. And, and CM Punk's coming back. So it's going to be exciting. Whatever it will do to keep uh, Chris Jericho off the off of the timeline, because that picture of him yes. was terrifying, like truly horrifying. I don't think I ever yeah. need to see that again. His name is Andrew Zuber. He told you where you can find him. My name is Drew Fairservice. Caitlin and I will be back on Sunday, at which time the Blue Jays will have played games at home in the Rogers Center. The trade deadline will be passed. God only knows what will happen between now and then. The biggest moves may already have been made, but you never know. So until that time, I will say thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.